Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following big interview was posted in full for our socios, our members, our friends, our supporters at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. And that was last season, 2019-20. Sign up there and you'll get every interview we produce before it's released on the main feed, plus the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. You'll also get bonus content every month, including the audio versions of my regular columns for ESPN. And what's more, you'll be supporting us. You'll be keeping this independent podcast on the road. Thank you. You've been watching Michael Richards on Sky or on Match of the Day since, I don't know, 2006, 7, 8, and you're still seeing him on those shows now because, sadly, an excellent career was truncated by injury. However, what he's proved is that he's exceptional at analysing football, talking about the sport he loves on television, and therefore we asked him to join us in the big interview, and our guest was, of course, a Premier League winner with Manchester City. Now, he's popular in what he does. The range of football shows where he's popping up indicate that television thinks he's great. You're about to hear a remarkable inside account of the making of England's champions in 2012, starring, who else? Roberto Mancini, Mario Balotelli, Manchester United, and Micah himself. Tie a line between that that team bonding in LA to the, the really, I mean, it's, you you've got a great way with words, and I knew that. That's why I asked you to do this because you impress on the TV. It's really it's like no, I'll switch the TV on to watch a match or a great player. There, and, but there are people who talk about their sport, their profession. They may go, yeah, I'm going to listen to this guy. You won. But when you talked about QPR at home, that it looks like. He's not doing the normal thing, which is to bring you on to, mm-hmm. to, to not just to close, yeah. but to be sure you're not. And you said, but it took over that it's we. Yes. So there's a direct line between LA and sitting going, well, okay, I ain't going to put my book competitively on the pitch this day yeah. when it's one, but it's us. It's us. These, these two, they're connected, that pre-season feeling and how you felt that day, right? 100% because... Every player, and that's why it's so difficult being a team sport, because 
end of the day, you get player of the year, you get, you get people who get nominated for team of the year. So it's a team game, but it's individual within the team. And no matter what, any of the 25 squad we had, if they're not playing, people would react differently. Some people would be like, know their place. But I, in my head, I think I deserve to be playing in every single match, especially because my form was so good. So when you, when you don't, you know, there was times, I won't mention the player, but some, someone on, you know, who was not in the squad that day said to me, I hope we lose. That's what, and that's the emotion well, you're going through. And that would just made me think, well, I'm, I'm devastated in not playing, but you want us to lose after all that we've, been all we've been through. Um, and I was still fuming up to this point, you know, you know, cause yeah. you know, I'll say how it is, it's that letter. Scores the first goal, man in my position, you know, after, does well after being injured. So it, again, I was celebrating the goal, I was up, and I, I, I didn't have my contacts, I wear glasses, so I didn't even actually see, I see someone running through, so I didn't even see who it was, I'm, 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 I'm up, I'm, I'm jubilant, I'm, I'm happy. Then I see Zabaletta's and Scott, I'm just no, like, yeah. I'm just like, what is up with my look? What have I done? Yeah. What have I done to, des- to deserve this? And these are, these, are, these are small problems in the scale of life, but I mean, in terms of, you know, my career. Yeah. The, the guy that replaces me goes and scores, Potent- at, at this time, looked like potentially maybe it might be the winning goal. League winning goal. Yeah. And then obviously they score, and then they score again. And that's when... No, we're in this together then. Yeah. We're in this together. And Jekyll scores. Yeah. And then me and Balotelli are warming up on, on, on the side. I don't know if it was before Jekyll scored or after. He said to me, don't worry. I, I, you can try and get a video speaking on the side. I said, because I'm like, I'm gone. Emotionally, I'm gone. I, I'm just like, we, we've given everything away. You know what I mean? We're gonna, and especially for me, we're going to lose it to United. United. You know what I mean? This can't happen. And he said to me, don't worry, we're going to win this and I'm going to change the game when I come on. And he goes and gets an assist. And I was just like, what? The only assist that he's had at Man City. He's a special player, special talent, special group, special manager. Everything, the fans, you know, you see, you see, you see clips of the fans, you know, crying in the crowd because when I first signed with City... He was an average Premier League team. Going back before that, look at Dickoff's goal. You know, like every ten years is a different history. Do you know what I mean? Every decade, yeah. some something's different. And I, I, I got on on a decent one because I, I got to play in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But then people don't remember like where we've come from from the last time we won a trophy. Everyone's got a different story. You know what I mean? And then to. To Aguero to score to score that. Like when I talk about special players, you know, company, silver, Aguero, it, it's written in the star, stars for them players. It really is, because it could only that could only happen to a handful of of, of, of individuals, and that's why he's one of the best strikers in, in world football. Earlier on, a guy we like very much and think special and has joined you in this series, John Lescott, said that when the winner went in, all he could think of was brilliant, man. All he could think of was running and jumping on the physios and the bench because of all the help they'd given him. He wasn't looking for the goal scorer. He wasn't looking for family or friends or the fans. It was like his, his overwhelming instinct was to thank you to the people who'd got him in Nick by working on him throughout the season. 
thought that was absolutely brilliant. It's incredible because... And it's, but it dovetails with the emotions you were talking about too, about one big special group. Yeah, a lot of them physios have been there since when I started. Robin Sadler, Craig Yule, Lee Nobes joined a bit later. And they, they, they've, they've gone from average team to, to Premier League winners. You know, like, you know, you know when you hear people talking now, oh, he's, he's won a Premier League, but he wasn't that good. Not necessarily, man. Like, to win a Premier League is one of the most difficult challenges you you could ever face in life. The emotions. Like, I, I, I was taking probably four or five Volta rolls at sometimes a day just so I could be out there. You know what I mean? Like, which is going to affect my future life. But would I do it again? Yeah, I'd take ten if I knew I was going to win the Premier League. Because you never don't play with pain, almost. Ne- always. Especially the challenges that I used to go in for. I used to go in for challenges that, you know, I, I, should, I should never even be going for, but... I just love the passion I love. I, I'm one of them people who genuinely love football. I love watching it. I love playing it. I love everything to do with football. And that's why the City fans respect me here because they know I put... If I had a bad game, if I had a good game, I'd give 100%. We, we've got sponsors who help us do this. They're Bet365. They've sent us in some very interesting questions. One of them is, on Sunday the 23rd of October 2011, approximately... Five minutes past two. Did Mark Clattenburg deny you a blatant penalty against Manchester United? And how many United United players tried to take you down before the the final scything should definitely have been a spot kick? Yes, it was definitely. But you know what it is? I was theatrical the way I went down. It was was definitely a penalty. Yeah. 100%. We didn't have VAR back then, though, did we? Sure did. <laughs> but yeah, I just love to to, to to go forward as well. I got that license from from Mancini. If we was against a team where there was open spaces, said used to don't come back, use your pace and power going forward. And in that game, I just you know I just unleashed what I had. You talked to um, Mario's only assist for City. You had you had many. You were very good at it. It was a good assist that day that you gave to Kuhn. Yes, we was we was fortunate in 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 the sense that they only had ten men. Mm-hmm. Johnny, you know, Johnny Evans got sent off, and it just gave me a, a license to not worry about defending mm. and just go you know go there and attack. But you know that that's something that I I, I brought into me. Like I said, I, I wasn't the, the best cross. I could cross, but I wasn't the you know what what Trent Alexander can do, where he can pick. But what I what I learned to do is. Because I was used to run to the ball so quick, when I used to try cross it, I used to be off balance. So again, Mancini said, when you, when you get to the balance, don't worry about pinpointing, picking someone out. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to do a drill where you, you get to the byline and you just aim for an area. If Sergio's behind and making a run into the box, aim for like in between the, the, the penalty spot. And so he's just got an easy tap in. If he's already in there, Sergio's gonna, you know, pull his rung back um, to sort of evade the, the defenders and just aim for, you know, just behind the penalty spot. And you will get as much assist as you want as long as they're in the right position. But, and, the, and but he's banking on the fact that also that predominantly his strikers are going to be the ones that go to the right areas. So if you're rather than looking for them, if you're following his instructions and putting them broadly in the right area. He's banking on their brain or their instinct just to be arriving in that right area. Yeah, we, we used to do all sorts of exercises in training. 
And if they're not in that right area, we'd say, we're, we're doing it again. We're yeah. going to do this yeah. every day until you get it right. Because oh. I'm not having my fullbacks use all their energy, get to an area. Oh, no yeah. wonder you love them. <laughs> The back to man the striker with the long floor again. He's like, the That's the best court that's ever been in this. Four years of this, that's the best court, yeah. And if, if you're not in the area, then you're not going to play? Simple as that? I'm going to take a small risk here because it's on a similar theme. Did you know that that season when you won the title, if you take every um, first half of those games, those 38 games... And you only judge it on the first half. Manchester, Manchester United are miles ahead. They, their goal difference is hugely in their favour. They've got hugely more points than you. And although they've lost more games, they win more games, they score more goals. Then if you go to all the second halves of that title winning season in 11-12, it, it's remarkable. It's 180 degrees difference. The goal difference in their favour in first halves only is vastly outstripped by City. I'm kind of saying two things that you've talked about written in the stars against QPR, the late comeback. But all season, you all powered on in, in second half football to, to an enormous degree. And I wonder, I don't want to be simplistic, but I am fascinated by the fact that part of your fitness work has been done by Ivan Carmenati, who's hugely famous in Italy. And when I was coming through as a reporter... His work at uh, Parma and Lazio and Inter was very, very famous. But equally, it could just be in spirit, what you've talked about, character and, and, and team determination not to lose, and second halves were, were more important than first. Possibly you didn't know that stat, I don't know. But am I describing something that you recognise, that City that season when you became champions, it was like, we're never beaten, or we'll, we'll keep running off, away from you, or we build in the second half... And did Carmen have a role in that or, or, or not? Ivan had a, uh, had a role in that, <clears throat> massively, because I played under fitness coaches where they're, they're, they're stuck by certain rules and they go against what the players want and feel. Ivan had his rules, but if certain players need certain things, he would allow them to do that. And that worked massively in our favour. Because, look at me, I was 95 kg. David Silva was probably 75 kg. You're not going to ask David Silva to, to pump the same amount of weights or to squat as what I can do. As long as I was hitting the targets what he, he, he set out, then it was, it was fine. I didn't have to do over... And beyond. So what he had a, a good thing of doing is keeping everybody fresh. And that comes into Mancini where it was me and Zabaleta right back. Mm. We had Kolarov and Clichy for left back. We had James Milner and Nazri, at, uh, you know, who would do donkeys. Work. We had Gareth Barry and Nigel Diong they would share. Yaya and Silva probably played a, a, a lot of the games. We had Dzeko, Balotelli... Tevez and Sergio up front and not everyone can play them, them games but what even made sure when you was playing you was fit enough to do the, the same numbers as someone who wasn't you know who, who'd already been in the team he had a, a, a good impact because he was flexible mm. it wasn't some some fitness coaches you do this uh, or, or, or you're not getting and then if you look at the, the second part of the season with people the breakdown 
because they've done too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like even knew the the right amount of workload that you needed, and you know, you, you know, the proof's in the pudding. It's fine tuning. It's a it's a great skill, and often fitness trainers aren't very popular with players because they can be a pain in the arse, they can make it work when you don't want to, but they can also get it wrong mm-hmm. and, and ruin you. Mm-hmm. It can easily happen. Before we leave that season, it's, it's a remarkable odyssey, City United that season. Because they take your crown away from you, they take, they take the cup away from you, they beat you 3-2. I can beat you 3-2 in the charity shield. <laughs> You're 2-0 up, you lose 3-2. You're 2-0 down, you lose 3-2. Yes. You beat them twice in the league. It must have grown in a bit, and you'd knocked them out in the semi-final the year before. Over and above, and, and you spoke about only getting a little bit nervous before those types of games and, and none others. You've been here long enough to feel a Mancunian-ish, mm-hmm. but you feel the city colours and the badge. Was it brewing in a nice old stew, those five, six games? Did it get nasty? Was it funny? Could you speak to any of them? Paint the picture that the people who are listening don't know. What, the, last, the last five games? Just that whole... Cause it's a, in my mind, it's like a sequence. Mm-hmm. You beat them in a cup semi-final. That's a sore one for them. You win the cup. Yep. You know how important that was to you. Mm-hmm. Charity Shield. Maybe... Charity Shield. It's still United. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember if that was the one you were 2-0 up in, or, but it's 3-2. The cup, when they take away your crown, it's 3-2. You beat them 6-1. You go into that 6-1 game, Johnny Evans or not... And I think they've been winning constantly at Old Trafford. They're clearly your only rival for the title. It's 6-1. The next one is 1-0. It's Fergie. Fergie and Mancini have their ups and downs. I get a feeling that as a little snapshot of the Manchester derby, those five, six games must have just brewed and brewed and brewed. And it, there must have been more to it than simply the, the football. I think... Over them, them, them five games that you mentioned, it was like, you know, we, we got called the noisy neighbours. I forgot that. You know, we, we, we got called pretenders. <laughs> we got called, we only have money, we're buying the league. We got called all these things. But every time we played them, something was happening. They got nervous in that season because all expectation was on them. Don't forget, we'd never won the league before. So, you know, we didn't have, no, we had expectation within the camp, but before the season, everyone would have thought United was going to be favourites. Let's be honest. We, you know, we, we've got to be honest. So the pressure was on them. And in that season, we was ahead of them for a bit. Then they went ahead of us. I think it was seven points. And we brought it, we, we, we brought it back. And every, I think the game against Everton, when Everton came back, I think they was winning 4-2, and they came back to 4-4. And that's, what, that's when I knew we was going to win the league. Because the pressure was too much for them. The pressure, and, and it, was, it was strange to see, you know, with a, uh, you know, a manager like Ferg, Ferguson, you thought he'd just galvanise a team and say, look, we're, you know. But they was thinking too much about us rather than concentrating on their own game. And they knew, they knew we'd arrive, especially with the 6-1. The 6-1, the, 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 the knew this team has arrived. And, and they wouldn't admit it, you know. I think when I've, when I, I've always been respectful for United, even though the way they always used to treat us, you know, through the youth and what, I've always been respectful. But they knew when we beat them 6-1 that we, was, we, were, we were serious. And player for player, although not team-wise, player for player, we probably had better players than them. 
or players who were going to become better players than them, that was for sure. And I just fought a psychological battle we'd won because the, they couldn't deal with the, the pressure and they was focusing too much on us. Rather In order to beat you, they probably had to accept you were a genuine rival and go, and we can't put them down with words, we're going to have to realise that they are here now and they didn't do that quickly enough. They didn't, That's what it looked like. They didn't, they didn't want to. It's sort of like, if you're number one uh, for, for so long in your life and someone's coming to challenge you, you're not going to accept. You're not going to accept it because you, you, you'd probably be a fool to accept it as well. That's what makes you a, a, a winner. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to accept someone. And don't forget, we only won that league on goal difference. That's how tight it was. It wasn't like we won it by two, three, four, five points. It was goal difference. You're trying to suggest it makes it a bit sweeter. It makes it all the more sweeter. (laughs) Goal difference. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I love the fact I'm an idiot. I'm like Cruyff was fascinated by numbers. First round of games, you beat QPR 3-2 at QPR, and they beat Sunderland 1-0 at Old Trafford. Last game, it's 1-0 at zero, and it's 3-2 again. You, you talked about written in the stars, and I'm looking at the details, and I'm like, somebody knew. It's written. You played abroad. I love people who play outside their own country. It's very commonplace for us to see foreigners playing here now. It wasn't when I was younger, maybe even when you were younger. But I love the fact that you went and played at Fiorentina in Florence, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I'm sure you didn't go there for that reason, but lots of things 
fascinate me. Um, possibly you taught Mo Salah about what it'd be like playing in England and he's paying everybody back now by running the show. You played with Savage. You didn't go together, I don't think. But no. You, you, you played at City. You ended up together in Florence. You played with... Maybe you, you could never exchange a word with him. But if Joaquin and you could speak the same language, and maybe you did... He's one of the funniest people that ever walked the planet. I don't know how he Incredible. behaved there. Incredible. But he's a brilliant athlete, brilliant footballer. And when he tells jokes in Spanish, which is he spends more time telling jokes even than training, and he's playing brilliantly at 38, you play with some dudes. I played with some incredible players. <laughs> Fiorentina, for me, was... I was always sad to leave City because I'd had the injury and Zabaleta was, you know, first choice. But then I looked at the Fiorentina squad and I was like, look at these names. Joaquin, Gomez. Salah wasn't there when I arrived, but he came later. Uh, Marcos Alonso, Marco Marin, you know, uh, Gonzalo, Fernandez. The team, the, 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 that team was incredible team. Joaquin, but Joaquin for me, I, I put a little post on my Instagram when I was there. And I just said, like, when I left, I think what a pleasure it was to... You know, to grace the same field as, as Joaquin because I used to watch him, you know, when he was at Betis, you know, the first time. He was incredible. And when he was there, he was still as good. He was still as fit, still as skillful. Yeah, he didn't get as, as much chances because, you know, in Italian league, sometimes 11 men behind the ball. Yeah. But he would open up games for us left, right, and centre. And to play with these sort of players is, I've just had a, you know, amazing ride. It didn't go as well as, as it could because I was on a free transfer at the end of the season mm-hmm. and Fiorentina wanted me to sign a permanent in January mm-hmm. and I said, I don't want to because I want to see my options. So I only played, I think it was 20, 20 games in the end between Cups and League. Semi-final? Yeah, I got to the semi-final. The, the fans were amazing. The city was incredible. Such a warm place. And I've, I've been back probably about ten, ten times since. I'm really, I didn't know that because obviously we've never spoken about it, but uh, it, Italy can be a, a testing country in many ways. They're vastly different from us culturally, and, and obviously if you move, I've moved to Spain, you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. But equally, you want to carry some of your personality with you. There are timetables, what they eat, the coffee, and also how they treat the football. It's, you can speak so warmly about... Fiorentina, which is a strange ground, very open when I was there. They are yeah. Tino Frankie, and, and, and they think they're one of those sides that think they should be winning things, but they don't very regularly. They've had some great eras, some great players. You had, I don't know what it was like to work with Montella, but Montella was a fabulous footballer in his day for Inter. And maybe Carminati and, and, and Mancini had prepared you a little bit mentally for the Italian way before you went to, not individual coaching, but you'd learn enough for them to carry something to it? Yeah, I once I had worked at Mancini, going to, to Italy was 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 gonna be a yes. Juventus was in, interested in me, I think, two or three years before, and Napoli actually wanted me as well. So going to Italy for me wasn't ever like a, a problem. It was I was embracing the fact that a team from Italy wanted my services. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just Florentino, like I said, Juventus and, and, and Napoli as well. And these are, these are massive, massive clubs. And they, they do do things differently, but I embrace the culture. You know I me, mean? I've always got a smile on my face. The people, that, that, you know, from, from going there, I was renting Luca Tony's apartment. 
right over Ponte Vecchio Bridge. Ooh. This is just an incredible oh. lifestyle. The player liaison who looked after me. I was in my apartment within a week. Got all English channels, but um, I was learning a bit of Italian as well. Good for you. Um, and I, 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 I fully embraced the challenge. I, I absolutely loved it. And really, I should have just signed there for longer because by the time the end of it, I just got, yeah, I can, I can do this. I want to be, I want to be here then. But I got a good offer from from the Premier League, and I wanted to pursue that with the way they was going in the direction they was going in. If I were to look back now, I would have stayed out there longer because wow. I absolutely loved it. I can understand it. We must let you back today. I'd like, if it's possible, to end with two quick ones. Yeah, Bet three six five. I've asked your, your best memory, the best feeling of playing international football for your country. Well, it's a difficult question, that, because that season when I got in when I was 18, I just missed out a player of the year to Steven Gerrard. So at 18, like, for all my, my flaws in my game, like, because I was a young kid who just took it by storm, I was getting loads of accolades and a lot of people, you know, was, was happy with my work. So you got to say your, your England debut... But we didn't qualify for the um, the Euros. I can't remember his name now, but he scored a goal and it just went under Scott Carson's arm. Is this a Croatia game? Yes, yeah. it was a Croatia game. And that, again, changed my whole dynamics of, of my career as well because had we went to that Euros, then I would have been on the, 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 world, the world stage. You know what I mean? Because everyone's watching the Euros. Yeah. Like I was just Man City and Inc. In, England, but it was it was only it was qualifiers. But you know, when you go to a, a proper tournament, you, you, you're seen by a lot more people. And I was in the form of my life then. I was going to the to a Euros. I would have been eighteen, nineteen, and and I, and I, and I narrowly missed out through through a three-two defeat. So, in a my, game when the coach should have said, "Lads, we'll hold what we've got rather yes. than pushing on," because at, at a certain stage. You've qualified. Exactly. Match management wasn't brilliant that day. I'm sorry, but from the coach. I'm sorry. It wasn't. I've only really had difficult times with England, not in terms of personal, as a team. Yeah. You know, because we remembered for the team that didn't qualify for the Euros that year. Obviously, I scored against Israel, which, to score for your country, I never thought I'd even dream of, so... Between making my debut and scoring my goal, they're my, my, my favourite moments. Many, many people can't say that. I know, yeah. The last part, Mike, is this. You know, we share um, an outright love for the game. The game's on television a lot. Television is doing many things that are difficult for sport, that are, are difficult for fans. But um, the debate is changing, the way in which people discuss football now, the way people think about football now. Painfully, you're enjoying yourself. But as an analyst, as a pundit, what, what's your objective, apart from earning money, continuing mm-hmm. your career, staying close to the sport you love? What will you try to add? What will you try to do as part of your career as an analyst? In, in, in terms of analysis or me being an, an analyst, I don't want to, to change that too much because you've got an opinion, someone else has got an opinion and all that. No matter what I say... Certain things that are going to have their opinion, but what I what I want to try and to do is to try touch on the the perception of players because all the, all the players are perceived in such a, a negative way. You know, I I had an Aston Martin at, at nineteen, but I was playing for England. I playing 
over from 19 till 25, I had a reputation of being called the blinking. And a lot of people who know me was like, that's, that's not you. You like cars. You, you're, you're a humble lad. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, you, you like to go out occasionally, but why have you got this stigma? You're the, the, the blinking. Do you know what I mean? Whereas James Milner, who had a Ferrari, but because he's seen as someone who's just hardworking and ultra pro, he can drive a Ferrari and he's not got that stigma of, of being you know, a blinking or a, a blinking or, or, or flashy or a show-off. Do you know what I mean? So what I want to do with, when, when I'm on TV, well, if you want to talk about he's not a good player, his position could have been there, fair enough, that's fine. But don't attack people's personal life without knowing the facts. And that's what I want to change. I want to change the perception of footballers because you, you'll see it. You didn't know me. You, you, you see me um, with Darren Fletcher. Correct. And you was like, oh, I like the way he talks about it. Do you know what I mean? But Spot on. You, you wouldn't have not known that until after you I know. played football. And there's loads of players just like me who can talk about football, who can be articulate, who, who even, uh, you know, can be more articulate than, than, than I can ever be. But you won't know that unless, you know, someone is painting them in the right light. And that's what I want to change. You chime in so much with us because part of what we wanted to do was we knew football people, as much as our love of the game, we knew our industry was betraying many of the people. Now, in football, there are also people who are greedy, who are duplicitous. It's sad, but it's true. Who are hard beyond belief. But predominantly, what you will find is character, wit, an awful lot of wit, um, people who make gigantic sacrifices, sacrifices that most people don't even begin to understand. They'll get talked about, but we won't come close to knowing about how often you play in pain or the things you can't do, whether it's socially or with a girlfriend or partying or also lack of sleep. Yeah, the degree, the hard, the toughness of, say, a tournament or Champions League, travelling, travelling without sleep, getting to a game, pressure on, winding down slowly back at 6 in the morning uh, training at 11 again and then the the most important match in the world ever against Watford away the Saturday because everything's a capsule in this country it's like never mind what you've done none of us really I think fully understand what you all go through and therefore the way in which blithely and I'm speaking too much because you're the guest here but predominantly in the newspaper industry it's, it's a disgrace what's happened over the years a lack of interest in appreciating people's individuality and the way in which people get pigeonholed brutally for the sake of selling newsprint. But what, but what they're doing, though, they're, they're making the gap bigger Yeah. in terms of... If you want to constantly call someone whatever it might be in a, in a, in a negative way, they're not going to want to do an interview. They're not, so the gap is getting bigger between what, you know, the whole goal is, if, if I speak to 10 journalists, they'd love to sit down with Pogba, company, whatever. But then if I, I'm, I'm close friends with Pogba, I've known him for, for years. Journalists have tried to contact him and he's seen what they've written about him and he's like, no, do you know what I mean? Well, why, well, why would he, you know what I mean? Why would he? He says he's got no problem. Call him what you want. If he's played a bad game, what? But don't 
don't make it personal because they, they don't know him. Do you know what I mean? They don't know what his, what his family's been through. What all, all the, you know, people always just seen the glitz and the glam. Always earning X amount. Always got a big house. But they don't know. They don't come with, they don't know it comes with insecurity. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, a lot of players now are insecure. They put on like a, a shield because they're so insecure. Because after a game, you're not, you're not you're looking on social media what people are saying about you know Instagram if people you know memes Twitter it's just it's becoming too much. Why wouldn't you put a protective distance between you and the people who are attacking you? Well, exa- exa- you? exactly. And then the hypocrisy, not just in the case that you mentioned, Paul Pogba, of, of you know people we know or people that work in the industry that we would like to make better then being so hypocritical saying yeah but now ask him to come and play come and, come and talk or you know come to an event or let us in after putting the boot in needlessly because obviously everybody's got the right to constructively criticise if you apply it to the, the professional exactly but, but the hypocrisy is unbelievable but how many how many how many players have you met with well by now exactly I've... and and you will probably have a bad word to say about probably 5% of them, maybe. Not even that. Exactly. Not and that, even and, that. And that is exactly my point. But the way footballers are perceived is if they're all arrogant. Do you know what I mean? Or, especially in this country, obviously, you're over there. And you'll still read stuff that's over here, but... There is a difference, you're right. This, this country is different from Spain, you're right. Yeah. And... Going back to the point, that's what I, I, I want to change, you know what I mean? I want to bring the, the fun back to football. I want to be able to... I'll, I'll come into to Man City or go to Aston Villa and I'll do an interview with, with the lads. There's no script. We just have a talk and people get to see what the players are, are actually like rather than just judging someone. Then God bless your work. Um, it's the, you, you're evidently the right man to achieve it. It does need a lot of people to do it. It yes. would be healthy for um, audiences, it would be healthy for clubs, it would be above all, it would be healthy for players and maybe the work can spread. Everybody will always, when they try something, get their fingers burned because there were people on both sides who aren't of good faith. It's just, that's life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, this isn't a Mary Poppins class we're in. But if you don't try, yeah. then you don't change perceptions. Exactly. And I imagine they'll have quite a lot of fun doing it, mm-hmm. which is part of what we're here on Earth to do as well. I'm glad I asked that last question. I'm glad that you were able to get that across. We'll emphasise that to people when they listen. And I think people will begin to talk about what you've just said uh, amongst themselves. So, Michael Richards, um, thanks for your generosity. Uh, we've both laughed quite a lot. This, <laughs> you always, always got to have a little bit of fun with it, haven't you? Um, you're going to be really good at this next chunk of your career. We all wish, you wish, that maybe another six, seven years playing. But now that you're starting on doing this, it's going to be fun for you. Thank you. Thank you. I do hope you enjoyed that big interview, which was first released as an exclusive to our socios, our members who support us. If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day they're available, it's time for you to join us. To become a socio, and for only £2.99 per month, you'll get all our content entirely ad-free and ahead of its release on the main feed. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast and we'll blow virtual kisses towards you. Thank you.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.